to another installment of It Is Written. I'm your host, Terry Cato, and I'm really excited to welcome to the show today's guest, Dr. Ariana Shows Douglas. Dr. Shows is the author of The Menopause Myth, What Your Mother, Doctor, and Friends Haven't Shared About Life After 35. So welcome, Dr. Shows. Thank or do you. you go by Dr. Douglas? <laughs> you know what? I usually actually go by Dr. Ariana. Oh, oh, Dr. Ariana. I love it. I love it. That's a pretty name. Welcome, Dr. Ariana. Thank so, you. So if you could um, just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, that would be great. Sure. Yeah, I'm an obstetrician gynecologist and um, have been practicing now almost 30 years. Started uh, practicing high-risk pregnancy for the first 20 and then kind of got burnt out from that and actually... Uh, that was probably during the time I was going through my perimenopause and didn't realize it and um, kind of just completely shifted gears into really more integrative uh, women's health and that's always been a passion of mine of incorporating mind body and spirit into our health so high risk OB didn't really allow me to have that kind of continuity of care and help women the way I wanted so I did an integrative medicine fellowship here at the University of Arizona it's where I live and um, yeah, just started on a whole new journey of uplifting women through this, uh, through lots of journeys. First, it was the pregnancy journey, and now it's the um, really second half journey, I call it. <laughs> You're absolutely right, the second half, and we're going to start talking about that. So what inspired you to write your book? And I love that title, by the way, because um, I myself, I'll put myself on blast, I'm, I'm in perimenopause. And um, it is something else. And you're absolutely right. I'm like, okay, my mother, my grandmother, they didn't warn me about this. The only thing I heard was hot flashes. But it's a lot right. more to it. So it's tell us, what more. inspired you to write the book? Um, what mostly inspired me was that I missed my own diagnosis. And um, I was into it a few years before I realized what was going on. And I just thought, wow, if I'm a gynecologist and I don't understand what's happening, then... I'm thinking the average woman doesn't. And so I started surveying patients and friends, like, well, what do you know about menopause? And um, all I really knew about it was what they taught us in medical school and residency, which was, yeah, estrogen levels go down, you have hot flashes, and that was it. Um, there was literally no mention of the irritability, the insomnia, the you know depression, the just change in body image and just all the things that are happening. And so I realized this was just a completely untapped area that there were a lot of myths, there's a lot of confusion and there was a, even more ignorance. And um, so I really just started to, um, as you read in the book, I, a lot of it is my own journey and how I discovered, you know, that I was going through perimenopause. And then, um, yeah, I just kind of brought everybody along. Awesome. And the title, how, how did you end up with the title? I love it. The menopause myth. Well, it's funny. I, I, I searched a lot of different titles, and um, it was actually going to be called the M word. The M. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that was a little more provocative, and um, it didn't quite speak, obviously, to the topic. I wanted people to know what the book was about. Um, so I actually, I think I named the first chapter, like the M word, so I could still get that in there. But it was just really about the myth, because it's like, nobody really knows and it was it just seemed to me that there were a lot more myths than um facts and understanding and so i wanted to provoke 
um, the question and people of, you know, what and, and help them get that it's, again, and I think that was one of the first things I wrote lines in the book is that as I was sharing this with a friend who was, um, she was in her 40s, and she was like, well, yeah, that doesn't relate to me. But, and I was just like, yeah, it does. That's the problem. You literally have no clue that you are perimenopausal. And so everybody knows about menopause, but they don't understand that menopause and perimenopause are really the same thing. It's a journey and you start, you can start as early as 35 for some people. Right. Um, and so a lot of people say, oh, um, I had my menopause early at 45. And I'm like, no, that's when you're supposed to have it. That's it. But there's a lot of myths out there. Right, right. I love it. And um, as I share with you, um, we're, in a, we're in the same organization. And there was this hilarious discussion going on in a private group. And, and I shared your book because, I mean, just the women, it was so funny. And it's interesting because it kind of affects us. There's some commonalities, but then there's some things that are totally different, you know, that, that some women go through. I'll never forget when I had my very first uh, hot flash last year, I thought I was going to pass out. <laughs> and yes. my husband and I, we were actually on our way to a date night or a, a couple's event. And it was an outside picnic. Somebody uh -oh. warned me, like, what was going to happen. So I started feeling it coming on in the car. And it was like a hot day, and the sun was, like, beating on me. And I was like, what is going on? And I just heated up, and I literally felt like my innards were on fire. And it was just coming out. And I was like, what is going on? And I was, like, literally laid over in the car. And my husband was like, are you okay? I was like, no. I was like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. And I, was, and I was like, I think I'm having a hot flash. And I mean, people tell you about it, but until you experience one, right. you have no idea. Right. <laughs> now, I have not had one that bad since, but because I kind of feel them coming on and I start drinking water and I, you know, I calm myself down or whatever. But it was pretty bad. And um, so it was interesting. So that being said, um, you know, what advice do you um, tell women? I know it hits us all differently, but, and I don't know if you can even prepare for it, you know? No. Yeah, I think, um, like, yeah, I don't know if you can, there are parts of it that I think you can't prepare for because it's really like just preparing for a new stage of life. Um, and it's just like, you know, parenthood or, you know, pregnancy. It's like, yeah, you kind of have an idea, but until you really experience it, especially parenthood, it's like, you really, really, I think that's the best analogy because it's like, you think you know until you're in it and you're like, yeah, I, I really didn't know what this was. So, um, but I think the best thing to do is, is be prepared in the sense of knowing that you can start going through these changes. So by 40, for sure, you need to really start tracking your menstrual cycle, looking at your mood, um, and understanding that, you know, estrogen affects our brain chemistry. And I think what's so fascinating about that is that as our estrogen levels drop, um, our brain chemistry changes. And that chemistry of us being nurturing and, you know, the whole mother thing and taking care of people, that as your estrogen levels go down, literally that sense of responsibility, so to speak, that tolerance that you have goes down. And so people make life decisions and really aren't understanding that they're in the middle of really going through some 
some big biochemical changes in their brain. And so they make choices about jobs. They quit jobs. They leave relationships. You know, they can act up. So know, like, if, especially if you're starting to feel that sense of angst or anxiety. Um, and in the 40s, as we, it, it, some people think it's just that they're aging, but it's literally that their hormones are, are affecting um, their, their life's outlook. That explains a lot. <laughs> And yes. I'm, just, I'm so tickled that you said that about, you know, with the estrogen levels dropping and us feeling less, um, not less maternal, but less, you know, telling our kids like, um, like you can do it, you know, and, and just, I, I, I see myself, I'm, I'm just, you know, I just see myself a lot in, of a lot of, I see myself in a lot of what you're saying. So, um, so that being said, you mentioned something in your book where you talked about how, um, I think you said like menopause literally is like, like one day, like you bridge over, like that yes. really caught me. I'm like, okay, how is that? Because I was always taught that it's years that you could be in menopause for years. Yes. And I guess that's one of the myths. Yes, that is a myth. And really what it is, is that it's really just uh, semantics, right? Because okay. um, perimenopause and postmenopause, you can be postmenopausal, perimenopause, you're going to feel exactly the same way. You okay. still have the hot flashes, still can't sleep, still feel irritable, all of that. The only thing that defines the premenopausal or per what we call perimenopausal and postmenopausal is the fact that you haven't had a menstrual cycle for a year. Okay. So, but the problem is that you don't know when you're going to have your next menstrual cycle. So most people don't necessarily, I have a few patients that are like, nope, I, it was April 16th, you know, 2016. That was my last menstrual cycle. And I'm like, good for you, you know. Um, and so it's the, that technically is only a day because technically after that you're postmenopausal. But ah. we don't, we don't think it, so it doesn't really matter. The name doesn't matter. You are perimenopausal and at some point you are really postmenopausal. Postmenopausal. And yeah. And all menopause is by definition is the cessation of your menstrual cycle for 12 months. Okay. And so once you've done that, you are menopausal. Okay. But after that, that's it. It's like the anniversary of your last period. That's what, Yay. that would be your menopause birthday. Got it. Okay. And after that, um, for those of us that are headed that way, once you're postmenopausal, I mean, do things kind of even back out? Is there, is it more of a new normal or like what, what can we expect? Yeah, it, it, it varies with every person. So in that year preceding, you know, that you're officially menopausal and I've had women that are, you know, 11 months and 29 days and then they have another period. I'm like, oh, clock starts again. Ah. So um, you're not gonna necessarily feel differently like the next day. It doesn't work that way. It's, um, and it really just depends on your symptoms and, and what's been happening. But it generally takes even years into that postmenopausal period for your symptoms to technically get better. But for some people, it's, you know, they, suffer for a couple months, a couple days. Some people, it's years. I have patients in their 70s that are like, don't take away my estrogen. They're still having hot flashes. They're still, yeah. So it's very individual. It has a lot to do with your lifestyle, okay. food, stress. Um, you know, there's a whole couple of chapters 
just devoted to helping you understand, like, you know, maybe before you were in the car, you might've had, you know, a drink or you had something sweet or you had, um, or you were stressed about something. All of these things change um, your body chemistry as well and can affect your menopausal symptoms. And so I would say at least 75% of your symptoms can be um, very well controlled through your diet and okay. through lifestyle changes. Okay, great. That sounds awesome. Okay, so let's get back to your writing journey. So I like to ask authors this um, because a lot of people, they want to know, when did you decide that you wanted to be an author or that you had a story or a journey to share? Yeah, I've been wanting to be an author for years. Um, I would say this has been in my spirit for at least 20 years. I didn't know what the book was going to be about, but I knew I was going to write a book. I'm actually writing my second book now, starting, oh. which is called The Jewels for the Journey, which is really what I thought the first book was going to be, but I wasn't, um, I think, mentally and just spiritually ready um, for that. So I wanted to write about something I knew that I could, you know, have some expertise in. So like I'm still on my journey and I'm, even though I got my jewels, I still got some work to do there. Um, so yeah, this has been inside of me for a long, long time. Awesome. And how long did it take you to write this first book? Like from start to finish? Um, a good two years. Yeah. I mean, I could have had it done sooner, but you know, <laughs> life. But, yeah, life happens. <laughs> right. And, um, things happen, but you know, and I started and then it was like, oh, I don't, I didn't really like where it was going and um, it kind of changed, but it, you know, and then as I wrote and I started interviewing more women and I started realizing more, that really is what shifted the, the conversation a little bit more. And I really just then used my experiences with patients and, you know, my, my conversations with my girlfriends. And I just, that was pretty much all my material. Awesome. And I mean, and you actually, you have a practice, you're a doctor. So, and you, ha you have a family. How, what is your writing schedule like? How did you find the time? I mean, that is a yeah. burning question. <laughs> yeah, that's why it took so long. It's just, it was hard, right? I would say, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to get up in the morning and then I wouldn't, or mm -hmm, I try to write at night, but I was too tired. So I did a lot of it on the weekends and mm -hmm. I would just, I would just go away. Um, I would go away to Sedona. Sometimes I'd go away just to a hotel because I just realized I could not write in the house. Um, I was, I just couldn't, it was too many distractions. Mm -hmm. People don't respect your space and, you know, um, and then I go to my office and then I get distracted there with, you know, doing the work of the office. So I literally would have to go other places. So I was able to chug out a lot that way. And then, okay. you know, just, yeah, but there was no schedule. There was no, I wish I could say I was disciplined and did it that way, but no. No, that's great. I mean, that's great advice because I mean, I'm sure that will help somebody who may find themselves in the same situation where, you know what, I just cannot focus at home. I just cannot find the space or the time. So sometimes, you know, that that's great advice. You know, you have to get outside of the home and just focus because the only thing that's there is the manuscript you know, just putting words to paper. And um, as we talk about your writing journey, did you learn anything about yourself as you were writing this book? Anything funny or quirky? Did you learn anything about yourself? 
Yeah, I think, um, what did I learn? I mean, I learned, I mean, like I said, I have a lot to say <laughs> um, on this topic. Um, I learned that, um, you know, I learned about my personality just in terms of the writing and what I needed. Mm -hmm. I had to get past some of the guilt of um, the energy and time that it took because that was taking time away from my family and, right. you know, from other things I wanted to do. But it was just in me and I, I needed to just get it out. So I'm, I'm happy about that. And um, so, yeah, I'm still on the journey with it. But I, um, I guess I learned a lot. I'm still simmering with, with a lot of it. But um, I've, since the book has been out, I've learned that it's been, you know, really well received and it's been very helpful. And, you know, while I was writing it, I kind of felt like, oh, you know, towards the end, I was like, I don't, nobody's going to read it. Don't even worry about it by the last chapter. Nobody's even going to get that far. But then people were like, oh my God, and on page 69, you wrote that. And I was like, oh my God, people are actually reading this book? Absolutely. Isn't that, I mean, that that's a good feeling as an author, though, that somebody actually takes the time to read what you have to say. Because as yes. an author and as a creative, you know, we have something in us that we want to share, but it's still very humbling that somebody would take the time to buy the book and read it and then bring before you, like, do you remember when you said, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I get the same reaction, like, you read it, you got it. Right. So that is, it's very gratifying so I can totally relate to that that's awesome and as we get ready oh go ahead you were oh, I was gonna say I think the thing that I did also learn while I was writing it was that it's writing is a very vulnerable experience yeah. like I didn't realize how uh, vulnerable and how you are you're putting yourself out there because you're now you're it's just what everybody thinks about it so Absolutely. you have to really come from a place of feeling good about it and so there were moments where I, I just realized that you know, I had to really make a decision on what I felt about certain things because I was, you know, some things I was on the fence about. And I was like, because I knew, like, if I wrote about the hormones, bioidentical, like, people are going to be against that. And so I needed to really feel good about what I had to say and, and, and trust, you know, my own voice. And so um, it gave me strength, I think, in that area. Absolutely. That's great advice. You're absolutely right. Writing makes you vulnerable because you're, you're putting yourself out there and you have to be transparent because people can read that. They can see that, you know, in your heart, in your writing. So um, what advice would you give to aspiring authors? I would say just sit down and start writing. Um, and, um, you know, I personally ended up, I guess, some kind of hybrid of self-publishing, publishing, but um, I had to make a commitment to do it. And for me, it helped when I had somebody else keeping me accountable. Mm -hmm. So having accountability to your writing and when it's, when you're supposed to, not just like, you know, a friend or somebody who may or may not check in, but real accountability, which could be even financial accountability if you're going to go with you know a company that helps you but something that helps give you structure and accountability I think for me was like instrumental I couldn't have done it if I didn't have accountability and that structure it, it wouldn't oh. happen 
Awesome. And when you say accountability, so, and, but not from a friend, but like financial accountability, like who, who were you accountable to? Because I know some people, they join writing groups or they have other mm -hmm. author friends or colleagues who kind of keep them accountable. Like, Hey, where are you with this chapter or with this section? So when you say accountability, are you, could you elaborate? Yeah, I think that's a great accountability if that works for you. Um, what worked for me was signing a contract with the <laughs> publishing company. Okay. Um, that and so I wrote, but they did the editing and they would they they just put me on a you know like okay this is what it's going to be and then we'd meet to go over the outline and then so it would force me to to uh -huh. do what I said I was going to do but I there's no way this would have gotten done so um, I went through that you know route. Uh, but whatever works for you to feel accountable and you know that you're going to show up for, that's what you do. For me, I knew I needed somebody um, and I had paid for it too. So at that point, you know, I, I had prepaid for these people to harass me and mm -hmm. to, you know, edit and to, you know, give me a timeline. And so I just, I needed that structure. That's just who I am. Sounds good. Great advice. And how can we find it? I know how to find it, but tell everybody out there, how can they find this book? And I, it comes highly recommended. I have it myself. How can we find your book? <laughs> so the easiest place is Amazon. Um, but I also have a website, drariana.com and you can get it there. Um, but I think it's, you know, Amazon trumps most of it but uh, if you want to support the uh, actual author because amazon boy now i know why jeff bezos is so rich um, so if you want to support the author go to the website if you want the book I, I totally understand go get it on amazon sounds good thank you and any closing comments to everybody out there anything you want to leave everybody with um yeah just you know be uh grateful on your journey and know that this uh, menopause is really the beginning. It's not the end. It's the beginning of your second half journey and really just embracing as, in, as opposed to fighting because, you know, you're just like COVID now. You say, you can't do anything. Here we are. You, you've got to figure out how you're going to show up during it and because it's not going away. So um, just embrace it and, um, and try to find the you know, all the positives, but no, it's a journey and, and there'll, there'll be struggles, but um, just like anything else, when you do the work and you are grateful in the process, then it usually works out better. Awesome. Great advice. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Ariana, for sharing some time with us today. I so appreciate you and I appreciate your work. So to everybody out there, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of It Is Written. And just remember to be patient, be kind, and um, just take this thing day by day. Um, and just remember to protect yourselves and others, wear a mask, wash your hands. And until next time, um, be blessed and have a great day. Thank Thanks, Terry.